Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you, John? Hey, Jim. I'm doing really well. It's so good to see you and spend time with you. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this kind of mini-series on mm-hmm. hiring you know, your staff, maintaining your staff well. And, and I like, because on, in this episode, this week, episode 105, we're, we're going a little bit a little bit deeper, I think, into yeah. that. And, that's, and, and really, we're not talking about taking people out to lunch or doing Enneagrams. We're talking about us as leaders, developing us. When the leader gets better, Craig Groeschel says everybody gets better. And that's I believe right. him, he has large biceps and a full head of hair at his age. So I, <laughs> he has to be telling us the truth. So tell us a little bit about episode 105. Yeah, I titled it How to Lead Confidently Without Being a Jerk or <laughs> Without Being Jerky. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes, Jim, a leader, we, we talked in the last two pods, you know, about the posture of a servant leader yeah. and, you know, being there to, to serve our team and help them grow and develop, reach their goals. Uh, but sometimes a leader has to lead. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some situations call for swift action instead of collaborative consensus, you know, and, yeah. and in those situations, leaders take, take the ball and they, they lead, they, they make decisions. Um, I, I, I recently had to make an executive decision about one of our marketing mechanisms here at Converge Coaching. Uh, it was causing uh, us headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, it was returning next to no profit to us. And even though its platform gave us uh, some exposure the organizational pain it was causing us outweighed the exposure they were giving us, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. So after weeks of thinking and number crunching, I pulled the plug on that relationship. Yeah. And even though the decision really had no direct impact on our team day to day in terms of operations, I made sure uh, I followed up with them. Yeah. Uh, so that they were aware, right? I didn't want them to find out about this decision from a third party, but I didn't consult the team. I just saw this uh, becoming a deteriorating situation. And um, I had enough uh, of a a runway with this organization to know this wasn't going to get any better. And so I made the decision. And so sometimes you got to do that, right? As a leader, you make a decision and you let your team know what you did. And, uh, uh, you know, but, you know, so sometimes you just have to do that, right? And uh, I, somebody told me this one time, and I wonder what you think about it. He said this, a, a bad decision sometimes is better than no decision. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I, I think again, we're talking about a problem and everybody sees it, but you're not doing anything about it. Right. So they, think, they think you don't see it. That costs you as a leader. Yes. So I think sometimes... You know, if, if, the, if there's a problem and everybody sees it and they, they know that you see it too, but you're not doing anything about it, I think that causes the even worse problem. So there are, there are times when just, they just need to see us as leaders lead. We're not yes. managers. We're not looking at an employee handbook to decide we're, we're leading. We have a vision. We're moving in a direction. So I think, I think there is more change. I, I would rather make a bad decision than, than to make no decision at all. I, I think that's true. Now, define bad. You know, they're going to be right. tragically bad, but I, I think movement is what is what others who see what's going on really want us to do. They want us to discipline. They want us to change. They want us to expel. You know, they they, they want us to lead 
because they can't from their position. So yeah, and this wasn't open better than the no decision at all. And this wasn't a hiring decision, right? I wasn't making a, I, I, this was an organizational momentum decision. This was a, this was a decision about time resource and, and payback from that time and resource. And it made no sense. Uh, and uh, so uh, that being said, so I think one of the questions I get quite a bit actually is how do I lead confidently without being too, too full of myself, right? To, how do I accomplish that? Um, so I think the best leaders, and you might agree with this or disagree, either way, it'd be fun. Uh, yeah. The best leaders combine confidence with humility. They're, they're humbly confident. Yeah. Um, I, I think confidence and humility are like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Okay. The, the chocolate and peanut butter taste better yeah. together than they do apart. Yeah. I think the two traits, confidence and humility, by themselves can get a leader out of balance. Yeah. You know, right. Too much of one, along yeah. with the absence of the other, can send you into a ditch yeah. And, and here's the problem when you're a leader, when you go into a ditch, sometimes you carry your, your team sure. oh, yeah. right in there with you. What do you think about that thought? Yeah, I, I like the peanut butter because there's a, there's a balance. There's too much peanut butter and too much chocolate. And, and there's a, you know, there is a peanut butter cup. So I, I think that that is a, a great illustration. The humble man who goes, well, we're just going to trust the Lord. Well, he's not really leading. And the guy that says, you know, um, the guy that says, no, I, I'll, I'll be God, <laughs> you know, that, that both of them are making a terrible mistake that's going to cost their organization. So I, I, I like that. And I think sometimes it's, I've told my team, like, I'm going to make a decision because I'm at about a seven, you know, I'm, I'm not at an eight or a nine or a 10, but I'm not at a three or a four or five. It's time to make a decision. Yep. I'm not overly confident that I'm making the right one, but I feel like the circumstances demand action. And so a seven is good enough for me to make a decision here and I'm going to make right. it. You know, so I'd like us to talk about how how we can be confident as leaders without, you know, morphing into some sort of jerk, you know, uh, or heavy handed leader. And we do that by integrating confidence and humility. So so here's a few ways I think we can do that. One, be open to here's the first one. Be open to constructive criticism from our team. We talked about this in the last pod. Right. Um, I know this for a fact that God has used the well-timed feedback of friends and sometimes even foes yeah to help me grow as a leader yeah um humility has nothing to do with having a low view of ourselves yes it has everything to do with possessing an accurate view yeah of ourselves and i don't think i'm capable jim of attaining an accurate view of my leadership without outside input yeah yeah. You, you said it over a year ago. Um, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That, that's one of those statements, one of those power statements you gave us a year ago. It's not, well, I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. That's not humility. That's self-deprecating. That's don't right. expect much from me. That's lowering expectations. But just as I'm making my decisions, I'm not my number one consideration. I'm considering others before myself. That That's humility. Yep. And I, I like that. I, I think you know, I, I want to make a good decision. I think it also, the rest of the team you're talking to, it brings them into uh, a leadership role that certainly they will probably have at some point in their life. Correct. If, if your senior pastor can't teach you how to be a senior pastor, then what are you doing on that team? You know, yeah. you're probably going to 
progress somewhere in ministry to some other position to sure. when you're in at some point. So to have a, a father who teaches you how to fix what's wrong and bringing you into that process, I think is very valuable to your whole team. So it's, it's not just, you get a better outcome. You, you teach them how to make a decision. And then when the decision's made, there's buy-in because right. your team was a part of, of making that decision as hard as it might've been to make it. You, you know, that those who are in that room that help you reach that, that, that consensus, they'll be, they'll have your back when the decision becomes public. Yeah. So here's the second one. And, and we're going to sound like we're on repeat from the last pod, but I don't care. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> um, express gratitude to your team on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, and gratitude is recognition that without my teammates, our organization will never reach its full potential. Yeah. Right. Jim, the vision God's given us is too big for me to make it happen by myself. And so when I practice gratitude, it keeps me humble as a leader. It helps me realize that without you and without the Jamies and without Paul and without Mary, you know what? We could not accomplish what God has put in front of us to accomplish. Just impossible. So I do my best and I'm encouraging you as a leader. Part of leading confidently is expressing gratitude to your team for their contribution and making it something you do intentionally on a regular basis until you exercise that muscle enough where it just becomes reflexive and you don't have to schedule it in your calendar. Say thanks to Jim on <laughs> September 8th or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we need to explore that anymore because we've really, really touched on that in a deep way, unless you have something you wanted to say to that one. No, I, I think, like you said, we said it in the previous podcast, but it, it, gratitude is Gratitude is a better payday than the paycheck, right? It is. When, when, when I can, I can work for two weeks without a paycheck, but not two weeks without a compliment, without, yep. without someone saying, I see the sacrifice. I see the commitment. I see, I see God in your life. I can live off. I don't need another paycheck for two weeks. That, that is the, the payday is fruit and sharing that fruit with others mm. is, is wonderful. I, I, I think it's, it's a great thing to infuse in every part of your culture. Yeah. So here's the third one. A third way to lead confidently without being a jerk, and that is to resist the temptation to take all the credit and place all the blame. Yeah. Success is a team game. Yeah. So is failure. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when your organization is succeeding, the humbly confident leader is generous with praise toward his team or her team. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and listen, the praise needs to be meaningful. Right. Of course. Right. It should be tied to something specific that that teammate has done or it's hollow praise, right? It's, uh, I think it's, it's, think about raising children, right? It's, it's much better to praise them for a specific behavior yeah. than just to say some innocuous thing, you know, right. to them uh, that doesn't really, it's not connected to anything. Um, yeah. Conversely, when a teammate misses a deadline or turns in poor performance, the humbly confident leader resists the urge to quickly assign blame. Yeah. So here's what a humbly confident, confident leader does when somebody is not performing up to par or, or to standard. They they look in the mirror first and they say, was this teammate clear about the outcomes I wanted? Yeah. Did, did he or she understand the timeline? Did they have enough resources yeah. to get the job done? And only after that self-evaluation is completed does that humbly confident leader address the issue clearly and respectfully? What do you think about this third one, Jim? I, it, it makes me want to work for this person. The person we're describing now, it makes me want to be on their team. 
um, because I, I, I'm safe, I'm appreciated, I'm gonna be taught, I'm gonna be fathered, I'm not a slave, I'm not strictly an employee responsible for screwing this number of nuts on this number of bolts right. by the end of the day. They've taught me what a win looks like. Um, I, I wanna come back tomorrow and play on that team some more. And I, I think, you know, we, we talked about employee, employer in the last pod, we talked about father and child, you know, we yeah. talk about teams as well. Paul uses illustrations from sports, from family, from yes. the military. You know, we're, we're trying to describe something that's a little indescribable, but there is the authority of the military. There is the aspect of unity in a team. There is the, the rules of the competition. There are, there are mothers and fathers. So I, it's, it's all those things. I mean, being a good leader is you're a coach, you're a parent, you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're a brother, you're a sister. Uh, sometimes you're the recipient as, as a child would be of the wisdom, regardless of the position you recognize truth is coming from the Lord through, you know, in some biblical cases, a donkey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I just, the, what you're describing as a dynamic, I think all of our hearts are saying, I would love to be on that team. Yeah. And, and so uh, this one is a kind of counter our flesh, right? Yeah. Because when things go right, there's that fleshly part of me that wants to take credit yeah. and not share that. And when things go wrong, there's that fleshly part of me that wants to instinctually blame somebody else for not, yeah. instead of me first saying, Hey, did I play a part in, in this? Yeah. Uh, so that's the third piece about leading confidently, but being humble at the same time. Let me give you one more. Yeah. Uh, and that's this looking at setbacks as opportunities for growth. That's huge, John. And, and again, that I just described, I want to be on that team. That's a cherry on top of that Sunday. It's not, it's not pass fail. It's not binary. It's growth. Yeah. It, that, that my leader is going to insist on maturity and help me with it, insist on excellence and help me with it. Yeah. When I achieve it, there'll be praise. When I don't, there'll be this, this loving, you know, tutelage. Cause I, I am trying as hard as I know how to try. Right. I think, I think none of us are in the ministry or any leadership role for the money and the fame, right? There's no school teacher. There's no police officer. There's no, you know, it, it's not for the money and the fame. It's a passion. It's a, it's right. a calling. It's an anointing. So here we are living this and I'm already going to fight the devil. I'm already going to fight the culture. I'm already going to fight the world. I don't want to fight my leaders. I want my leaders to be, right. you know, again, as invested in me as I am in, in their vision. Right. So when we say, man, that, that was a terrible flop. That was a horrible failure. You did an awful job. And we're both laughing. Yeah. And let me tell you three things that help you never to go there again. Because I did the same thing when I was at the same stage. Like they're they're joining me and my almost my embarrassment, That's right. my humiliation and saying, not saying it's okay, but saying, let me let me show you the way out of the hole. Sure. You just, you just fell into. Yeah. That's, how uh, how can know. we grow uh, from this? What can we learn from it? You know, so when you're a humbly confident leader, when when there's a setback. You, you respond to that as an opportunity for growth. Yeah. And it's going to require you handling that with a blend of humility and confidence. Yeah. You know, I'm I, I pretty sure this is universally true. Not one person on your team is perfect. Yeah. Including you. I guess right? I, yeah. <laughs> right. Leaders are works in progress who lead people who are works in progress. Yeah. And, and so you know, leading this way, Jim, is totally within the reach of every person who's listening here. I believe that. Um, you can learn. This isn't an, an, something you're gifted with. This is something you learn yeah. how to do. 
And you might be listening or watching today and saying, and you might need more confidence. Yeah. You know, you, you've, you've got the humility piece, but you need more confidence. Listen, God, you are God's man. You are God's woman for that organization. Yeah. And it's important that you understand that. That doesn't mean you're on a pedestal. That doesn't mean you're better than other people, but you are the person he has called yeah. to lead that outfit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, you tell yourself that until you believe it. Um, you may need more humility. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it's possible to lead confidently without being overbearing, without being jerky. And, you know, leading like this, you said it already, but I'll just say it again, makes you a leader worth following. Yeah. Uh, when I lead like that, Jim, everybody on my team wins. Yeah. Our organization wins. The people we serve. Yeah. They win. Yeah. Everybody wins when we learn how to lead this way. So uh, yeah. I don't know. You got a final thought about all yeah, of this? I, today? I just, we, we're blessed with a long-term staff. We have staff members that have been here 23 years. Yeah. Um, and, and the entire staff came from inside the organization over the last 27 years. So people got saved here, discipled here, served here, and then we're, we're called here into ministry. And I, I, what's neat about that is, is every step requires what you're talking about. Not, not just from me, but from the whole team. People want to take a 50% cut in pay <laughs> to, to be a part of because God's called them here. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's fun. I mean, it's not, it's not all fun, but man, it's, it's certainly not all work either. Yeah. You know, the, the job reviews and the staff planning days and the calendars and the budgets, that's all, there's effort in that. But, but with the vision in mind, working together as a team, as a family, as a military unit, uh, as a staff, but, you know, once we understand that and everybody's comfortable and, you know, we can make fun of each other, we make fun of ourselves, not, not in a, you know, humiliating way, but it, to, to be on my staff, you kind of need, you kind of need a sharp tongue and a thick skin because we're like puppies in a box. We just chew on each other constantly. Nobody gets hurt, but we're all covered in each other's saliva. That's just part of the dynamic of our staff because we're a bunch of blue collar construction workers and auto workers and carpet salesmen and painters. And, you know, we used to be other things before we became, yeah. you know, pastors, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I love being on, and I just want to say this to those who are listening. I love being on Converge's team. Um, I, I don't have to do any of this. I don't, you know, I, I, there's no obligation. There's no, I, you know, money. There's no, it's literally because it's fun to be on John's team. And I know I'm speaking for Mary. I know I'm speaking for Paul. I'm, I know I'm speaking for, you know, the twins. I, I you know, all the, the Jamies. We have 17 Jamies that work on staff here, evidently, you know, it, it's fun. It's it's just fun. It's, it's an outlet to be who you are. That's yeah. productive and, and appreciated and all the things we talked about. So I, I, I lead a staff, but I also am on a staff and I'm telling you that this is, this is the best way to, to do life. And if it's all grades and numbers and performances and criticisms and critiques, it's, I don't know, there's just not enough money in it to make it fun. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I think this is great teaching, great leadership. And I'm grateful, John, for your hmm. example in my own life and, you know, and those you serve. So yeah, that's my, that's my closing. This is this stuff. All right. I'm a recipient of it. It works. Awesome. Well, um, Jim, why don't you, why don't you just wrap us up then? Yeah. All right. So I, again, if we can help in any way um, to get this culture into your culture, it certainly would make life better, more fruitful. Mm. 
uh, keep you in the game longer, more productive and more enjoyable. All the things that Converge really wants for you. And we can help call John, 1-800-CALL-JOHN. We should get that number. What is that? It's probably a lawyer, but how, how would they get all? Yeah, not that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just jump on our website, convergecoach.com and uh, click the contact us link. And um, that, that opens up a conversation with us. We'll talk with you for a half hour. Um, just try to listen and see if there's anything we can do to help. If we can't help you, we have a lot of organizations that we're friends with that uh, probably would be able to help you if we can't. So that's the best way, Jim. Right on. So if you're sitting there today listening to this, watching this, saying it shouldn't be this hard. You're right. It shouldn't be this hard. And and through teaching and time and mentorship, uh, it, it won't have to stay this hard. So God mm-hmm. bless you, our dear listeners and watchers. We're here for you, praying for you, love you, and hope to see you again soon as we continue to lead from a life.